This episode of the Tales Behind the Talent is sponsored by Avine Language Services. If you need proofreading of English texts, translations between Swedish, English and Finnish, or private teaching in Swedish and English, please do not hesitate to contact avineservices at gmail.com. Hello, dear listener, and welcome to the third episode, a third interview of the Tales Behind the Talent. And this time my guest is Jussi Sauvola, and uh, I'm actually gonna let him introduce himself a little bit. So, there you go. Well, hello everyone. As Muksu mentioned, my name is Jussi Sauvola. I'm a keyboardist playing bands such as uh, Katameri and Verikalpa been doing so for quite a few years so uh thanks for having me yeah 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 you're really welcome so um how did you get introduced to music how did it happen for you well my background is not the usual musicians uh, beginnings so to speak since uh there really haven't been that many musicians in my family from my mother's or my father's side and uh, my mother is not big on music in okay. any way so she doesn't listen to it that much but uh, I think I got introduced to music by my brother and uh, my friends and uh, I've always loved music and it, uh, I think it started with much uh, musical scores from films and of course the basic Metalheads beginnings, pop and <laughs> yeah, said, no, yeah, of <laughs> rap and stuff like that. So that was what my brother listened. So mm. yeah, I love to listen to music, but there wasn't that much music in the household. Okay, so you al- already mentioned uh, what kind of music was my next guest. So it was first, it was pop and rap, not necessarily metal, uh, which you play today <laughs> yeah yourself yeah. Um, uh, but what point did you start to think that music would be something you would yourself like to do someday in the future well i was uh, i think it was i was in uh, very late in high school i think it was me and my friend joni sakkin and we decided that we wanted to be rock stars just like oh. that so <laughs> it was a It was a mutual decision, and uh, we started to think about the instruments, what we would like to play. And uh, at that moment, we were introduced to Dimbo Borgir, and we saw the uh, the. I think it was World Misanthropy, was the VHS that I got, and we checked it out many, many times. And we wanted the rock and roll lifestyle, and. Uh, I since I always loved musical scores, uh, stuff like that. I really felt drawn to keyboards, okay, the, the musical atmosphere that it can create. And uh, Mustis from Dimmu Borger was a really big influence for me. And uh, my friend Joni Sakkinen, he just decided, oh, okay, okay then, 
I'll start playing the guitar then. So. Okay. Okay. <laughs> that was it. So you decided that's how I'm gonna play this. Okay. Yeah. So uh, what year was this, uh, pro- approximately? Well, the timelines are a bit <laughs> sketchy at this point. Okay. <laughs> I'm an old man, so. <laughs> yeah. It was a VHS that that kind of made me interested. Yeah. Yeah. This old stuff. I think I don't know, fifteen, sixteen, something like that. Yeah, yeah. a bit earlier, maybe. Okay. Some somewhere around those times. Okay. So uh, after you actually started playing, uh, was there a break in your excitement about music or in your enthusiasm, or have you been excited and enthusiastic about music after that, like nonstop? Well, I think it was the traditional case that me and Yoni we were so high on music and metal <laughs> and, and that uh, I actually, I think I might have played for like 10 hours a day, eight hours a day, since I wanted to learn it that bad. Mm. And uh, it went on for quite a few years, but then came the girls and yeah. <laughs> then everything changed. The priorities started to switch a yeah, bit. The focus there. was on different things. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And um, yeah, I started dating around those times. My, she was my first girlfriend, so of course I was super enthusiastic about that. And uh, uh, I gave all my time to her, so it, it took some time for it to level out, you know, the attraction. And then uh, I, I picked up the keyboards again. And I think that was around the time that I invested in a bit more Better musical equipment. I think the first actual real synthesizer. Synthesizer. Yeah, was a Korg X5D, and I I loved the sound so much that uh, just I got caught up in the music okay. again. So did you kind of uh, just play with it, kind of figure out what kind of sounds you can get out of it, and uh, everything? Yeah like that yeah everything felt so new with that since uh, my first ever keyboard was a Yamaha PSR I think it was 190 I think it was a, a real toy keyboard that I bought with my last money that I got from the my summer job okay yeah. <laughs> so, so it was really a toy but uh, yeah that was one part why the enthusiasm started to drop out a bit since it didn't sound like those cool yeah that's usually the case like yeah. uh, you get you decide to get a cheap instrument to kind of start playing and uh, yeah when you get like frustrated with the quality you just stop like that happened to me with guitar <laughs> like yeah. little, 10 years ago when i started to play guitar again yeah yeah so so i think the lesson here is to if you're interested to actually not put the, all your money per, perhaps to it but just to put a little bit more than the yeah, yeah. Very make, minimum. Yeah, I mean, make a good investment. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't have to be, you know, the the instruments have gone a long way since those times. So you can actually get pretty uh, professional gear for less. Yeah, so, and uh, used used gear. and uh, Yeah, absolutely. And when you buy good gear, you can actually, it has some retail value after after you use it if you want to upgrade or if you want to stop. Yeah. So that's why it's, it's kind of, I don't know, it's not cheaper, but it's uh, more effective and more, uh, how would you say it, money proficient, money efficient yeah. to buy 
buy some good gear. Yeah, but who are we kidding? Of course, you will never never sell those yeah. guitars, so yeah. you will have a wall full of them. Yeah. <laughs> so, and I I still have the Korg X Pack D. Okay. And I still plug it in sometimes just to get those cool '90s sounds. Okay. Good. Cool. <laughs> Timeless classic. So you talked about uh, Dimmu Borgir and uh, I wanted to get back to that before going to uh, actually uh, talk about band activity, but let's go to Dimmu for a moment. So uh, you said that Mustis was uh, one of your kind of people that you looked up to. Yeah, yeah, I think, and, yeah, but, he was my first big influence. Yeah, but in what music. was in the music? Was it kind of uh, that there are some orchestral elements there that resonate with your yeah uh, because you said that you liked mo- movie and film scores was it that was it the same thing that you actually got intrigued by in in Dimo Borgir yeah the yeah the my go to Dimo Borgir album was the Enfro Darkness Triumphant of course it's a classic and i think it doesn't have that many um orchestrals in it it's more of a in your face melodic black metal okay but yeah it's a later later on thing that they have yeah right. yeah i think it came in the uh pure sonical effort missing trophy yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> also of this tongue really yeah. <laughs> in the name but uh but even though it was the Enfront darkness triumphant was uh it was done with real classic 90s uh attack focused some sounds but it was still so atmospheric in a way yeah and i love the feeling that i got when i listened to it and the the riffs themselves in that album they weren't that difficult to play or uh elaborate but they were pretty simple and it worked it's a great yeah. album okay i'm not myself i'm not really familiar with uh because i'm so into the symphonic and orchestral parts so i I'm more focused on the newer material, but I have to check that again. Of course, I listen to the album, so from that point of view. Uh, but yeah, let's go to band activity. So when did you first start playing with others in a band and what kind of project was it? Well, we started playing together with Joni, the the guy who picked up the guitar and I picked up the keyboards. When we were young and we started to play together yeah. just you know trying out what was it like to play together and uh, we started with uh, Lordis would you love a monster man <laughs> and uh, Dimo Borges morning palace so it was pretty varied and um, we played together for a time and of course it got a bit boring you know just playing the two of us and uh, we actually saw uh, mm, it was uh, looking for musicians uh, I can't remember where it was that we found. Maybe it was in Musikodempistenet that a band called Silent Trinity was looking for a guitar player and a keyboardist. Yeah. So then, basically, a musicians forum in Finnish yeah, one. For, yeah. For foreign listeners. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. It's an old classic. It's yeah. been uh, Musikodempistenet has been around for years and years. So um, we decided to give it a go. And we went to the, I don't know what's it called in English, the test place to see 
<laughs> the koesoitot. Yeah, like a, like an audition. <laughs> yeah, audition, play. yeah. yeah. <clears throat> we went to that and uh, I mean, in all honesty, we weren't that good. But I don't think there was so many candidates at the time since uh, the band was based in Haukipudas. Yeah. So uh, it's a bit remote, but uh, eventually we, we got in, we trained the songs and that's how it started. So um, what kind, kind of music was it then? It's, uh, hmm. it's I mean, a mel- melodic metal, it's just, uh, it's so overused, but I think it was an uh, accurate term for that. Something uh, melodic golf metal, something like that. It was, uh, was it that fast paced? It's, uh, it reminded me of uh, the, at least the earlier songs reminded me of Sonata Arctica's first album, Ecliptica. Okay. It's very much like that. So uh, you can actually find the songs in Spotify. So, so what was the name? Let's Silent Trinity. Okay. Yeah. So it's there and you can see our music videos in YouTube. So old classics there. So go check it out. <laughs> so what did it feel like to to be the first to be first to be the first time what I'm saying to to be playing in a band for the first time? I mean, it it was so new for us since it was our first touch into band activity. So it took some time to get used to the, you know, to a live drummer. What What's it like to play with, you know, no click or no metronome and no backing tracks. It was just so honest. And uh, uh, Silent Trinity's music was, it's it was really hard. I mean, it's we had to get to the next level to play those songs. It was so melodic and so many leads there. And uh, yeah, it took a lot of work, but it was worth it. I really liked the songs at the yeah. time. So, so did you take any lessons or did you just teach yourself by uh, hard work? I actually, I took lessons for a, a couple of months in Kemi, in the Työväentalo in Rutikari. And uh, it was just some basic stuff, some notations and uh, fingering techniques. So basically, just the basic rudimentics. So and it was kind that. of a community uh, yeah. place. Yeah. yeah, yeah, basically so. So I took some basic lessons, but that that's it. Then I decided that I wanted to learn myself. Okay, so have you, of course, you, you are a pretty good player nowadays. You're a... Uh, at least pretty, one, pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Good. yeah. So um, my point was that uh, you have, of course, uh, since that thought that it, it's been as efficient to be uh, self-taught. But what would you say to people who who are kind of on the words like or on the brink? Am I gonna take lessons or I, am I just gonna push through it? So should everyone take some kind of lessons, lessons in sins, or should they just, if if it, if they don't feel like it at all, just push through? I mean, technology has changed a lot since when I was a kid. Like nowadays, you can find very good tutorials in YouTube, yeah. and you can actually learn stuff by yourself. But at the time, we had, you know, we had books and a teacher. That's it. That's it. Yeah. Those two options, but. Uh, do I regret not taking more lessons? Yeah, yeah. 
it would have been a very so good there idea. wasn't like a vhs or later dvd uh videos about how to play since i i think <laughs> there must have been there must yeah. have been but you have to remember that i grew up in kemi so yeah. that's that sort of technology was not around <laughs> <clears throat> yeah if people don't know it's a it's an industrial kind of uh city city in the sea lapland area yeah it's called the mordor of finland yeah like a, a small place but still uh comf- comfortable to grow up in yeah 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 a small town yeah um of course the youtube thing that you mentioned is like uh there's a lot of good uh, tutorials nowadays for free and uh that's that's gonna be something that uh makes it much easier to start actually going through tutorials because it's it's free of course there was libraries and everything but it takes effort to go to a library and just start searching yeah tutorials yeah and books indeed and so and i thought that to myself that since i played so many hours a day i mean i would just get better all the time but uh i think if i if i would have taken lessons i think it would be my time would have been more efficient so to speak so okay. it took a lot of time to learn even the basics in my own head so if i would have had a teacher in there it would have been much smoother okay so um can you go through the process kind of nowadays or even early earlier on so how do you self like uh uh practice and uh, keep up your skills in synth playing well i think the my method of learning songs is still the same that i try to learn a song one riff at a time one melody at a time so uh, take it slow take it slow and uh, my head just can't <laughs> can't process so many that much information so at the one time so i really have to take it one riff like in a day so do you so, like slow it down first and then increase the speed and then yeah yeah i mean of course since also my big influences were jens johansson and the the kings of tilu at the moment so of course i just wanted to shred fast and sound good yeah. so <laughs> that wasn't a good idea <laughs> when i was starting learning so yeah have you by the way have you uh listened to children of bodom in the kind of listen to what what the synth player is playing there oh yeah yeah that was a huge influence also for me i remember in high school that uh, one of my friends had the Children of Budems, the what was it, Live in Tokyo or what was it, War Hearts in Tokyo, something like that. It was a live CD, and uh, I was blown away with that. It was sounded so cool, and of course, they came after that. Came Follow the Reaper, Hate Breeder, stuff like that. And damn, it was good. Still love those albums to this day. And uh, of course, Chilod Budum isn't that easy to play with any instrument. Yeah. <laughs> it's really challenging, so, but I had to give it a go and it went to shit. Okay. Shit. <laughs> so it's it's very complicated. Yeah. 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 No, don't start with that. Yeah. Pro tip for all you guys there. <laughs> yeah. Even though that's the goal to start with something else. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> indeed. So, uh, how about first shows with the bands and, uh, 
uh, your feelings about playing live and uh, what was the first project? Was the the same project uh, the first one that you played live show with live shows with or? Yeah, yeah, it was uh, it was with Silent Trinity. We were playing in Kemi in Hullu Pohjola. It was a nice bar back in the back in the day and uh, I remember the gig all too well. There weren't that many people there and we we didn't play that good. <laughs> I was so nervous. <laughs> I can remember I was just shaking so much and uh, I made some really stupid mistakes. And uh, yeah, I I have a few pictures from the gig still, and you can see the my eyes they were filled with horror. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah it was uh, it was actually it didn't it went so badly that I was thinking that is this my my gig? Yeah, okay. So to speak, am I good enough to do this thing to be a keyboardist? So that was a uh, make it or break it after that but so. something still after that uh made you uh go and perform again yeah yeah i just uh, i wanted to give it a go i mean in rehearsals we sounded pretty damn good and i played well there so i thought that maybe this was just you know stage fright yeah stage yeah. fright and excitement and i actually had to throw up before <laughs> the gig since i was so <laughs> Very nervous. Okay. Yeah, but uh, uh, the next show was in Muhos, Saripa Samak with that band, and it went really well. Okay. And I felt really good about it. Then I remember I was so hyped after the gig that it was then that I decided that yeah. Okay, this okay. is something that I'm gonna do in the future. <laughs> yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. So. Of course, the first publications what was were also with that band. Yeah. So how was the process then? Well, we were way too ambitious. We actually we decided not to be pussies about it, and we actually made a full length record <laughs> uh, with <laughs> so your own made. expense. Or... Yeah, with our own expense. Yeah, <laughs> we were really broke after that, and the CD was well. It didn't sound that good. I mean, uh, the production was there. We did it in Masterbox Studios with Immu Ilmari, and it was called 20th November. And uh, like I said, it was a full-length album, and the sounds are great, but the playing ain't that great. Okay. <laughs> so I, I don't think you can find it <laughs> anywhere. So, it's, so been, it's been buried in the sands of time. <laughs> so unless... Um... Uh, pe- people don't know, but it's it's pretty expensive to make an album in an actual studio. Yeah, yeah. yeah and so. uh, at the time, there weren't any alternatives to that. Yeah. I mean, PCs weren't that evolved back then. So pretty much the only solution was to go to a studio, yeah. rent it out. And it cost a lot of money. Nowadays, what people do is that they, uh, for example, they uh, record drums in an actual studio, and then they might have similar similar setups that i do here like a sound card and uh good microphones and uh and yeah. a laptop and then you can just play guitars bass uh and everything but of course it, the best quality is in the studio i think but uh nowadays it's not necessarily that you have to uh go all the way in the studio you can 
do some pre-production or something. Yeah, yeah, of course you can do that. But uh, the thing is that, I mean, even though the equipment and the technology has evolved a lot, yeah, uh, you can do these things at home. But what you get in a studio is a actual professional who knows, who actually like hears the record in his head. What is it? What is it gonna like in the yeah. sound like in the end? So he steers you in the right direction from the very start. And what was a good take? What's a what was a bad take? Uh, what's gonna be for the what's good for the guitar sound? And like if you do the whole thing in the studio, it's it sounds more whole, yeah. so to speak. But of course, if you're a, you you know your stuff, and you know production, I mean, th- then you might not need a studio at all. Yeah, you can do it all in at home. So if you if you got the chops and the balls. Yeah. <laughs> um how about um increasing publicity like uh you can you can uh, answer this with uh, uh like like you want so it's 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 more like uh uh when did you start or when was the first time you thought that the hard work uh, is starting to pay off? Was it with that cr- that project, or was it with a later one, or something that I'm talking about the, with your own musical career? Well, <clears throat> the first, hmm, yeah, Silence Randy was the first band that I saw that it started growing. Like we were just kids at the time, but we did publications, and people started to know us and wanted us for gigs they wanted to book us and that felt great like we were getting offers from different bars and promoters that would you guys like to play my event so that started to feel good like we're doing something here okay this is going forward and uh, i remember another a big turning point for me in my musical career was that uh, once after a gig i think it was with silent trinity that uh, one of the fans came to talk to me after the show and he said that he had a really rough time in his life but our gig really cheered him up cheered him up okay. so that was like uh, i felt like uh, i was doing something good i was cheering people up i was people making people happy so it gave it a more personal approach okay so to speak so getting like uh, good feedback and uh Getting to know that you're actually making someone feel better with just yeah, your just music playing. and yeah, playing. just just by playing. Yeah. So felt like uh, this is fun. It makes improves people's lives. So why not? Let's go all the way. <laughs> yeah. So let's go to your um, current situation. So you play in two bands at the moment. Yeah. Or yeah, Katamenia and Verikalpa. Yeah, Verikalpa. But out of those, you started with Katamenia, right? Yeah, yeah. That was uh, I've been playing in Katamenia for for many years. I think it's ten years. <laughs> Pretty soon, if it's if it's not already been ten years. Time so, goes so let's fast, let's right? go a little bit through your history in the band. So you said that ten years, and uh, uh, how, how's it been? I mean. It was uh, Katamania was uh, 
a really challenging project for me since uh, uh, I knew Riku, Riku Hopiakoski, uh, way back. We, we, we saw each other in Heavy Mist, we drank some beer and talked about music. And uh, I was a big fan of Katamenia. And at one point, uh, Katamenia didn't have a keyboardist. And uh, Riku asked me, would I be interested in joining the band? But uh, I, you know, I thought that I didn't have the necessary skills for that, since um, everything had to be learned by ear. Like okay. there, mm. were, uh, there weren't any notations or stuff like that. So I never done that before in my life, or I done very little of that. So it felt like I was good enough. And uh, uh, actually, Riku asked me a few times, and. Uh, the turning point was when my friend Juhamatti uh, Pertunen, we played in the same band called Dark Round, in uh, in the highest point of all metal skin <laughs> back in the day. Mm. He joined as a singer in the band, and uh, they were thinking about getting a keyboardist. And Juhamatti uh, said to me, that, Are you serious that you don't want to take this opportunity? I mean, this is once in a lifetime or two, just come to the auditions and let's see how it goes. I okay. was like, yeah. I'd broken up with my girlfriend at the time, so I was like, I'm, I'm open for yeah. a new, yeah. something new. Yeah, yeah, what the hell, what the hell. Maybe yeah. I'm just too afraid or not confident enough in my own skills. So I actually started to, you know, rehearsing the songs by year, and it was another time in my life that I might have played like eight hours a day. Okay. <clears throat> so I worked a lot. I worked my ass off for that and uh, the auditions. And the auditions actually went pretty well. And uh, I was, of course, I wasn't the only keyboardist. Interested. Okay. Yeah, uh -huh. interested in that. So I felt like, ah, nah, I'm not going to get this job. I'm not going to get this job. And uh, I remember what time. You he then called me and like, uh, yeah, I have some bad news for you. Like, um, unfortunately, he was he started like that, and I heard the guys giggling in the back. Okay, I was just <laughs> ah, this. <laughs> you of fucking, course, you of course, bastard, you bastard. Yeah. I was like, yeah, yeah, okay. So what? I was good enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You were good enough. No, no, the others were better. It's like that. that and, uh, that went on for a bit, and they just welcome to the band. Okay, okay so, so kind of a ritual for getting into the band. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but basically, yeah, yeah. And I actually, I would have been fool, but I heard the guys giggling in the back. Okay, so. <laughs> uh, you can thank the good like microphone on the phone. <laughs> yeah, picked it up. yeah, absolutely. And of course, the beer that the guys had <laughs> drunk. Yeah, so. yeah. <laughs> on top of that. So, how did that like? Uh, Thing proceed after that when you started to when you became a part of the band well it actually started like uh, pretty strongly after that uh, the guys gave me songs that I had to learn for the live set since uh, the guys were going on a tour in uh, Germany at the time okay but uh, I couldn't make it to that since the tickets airplane tickets had already been bought and there wasn't a chance uh, that I could join them but the next uh, the next opportunity that I got was in Belarus we were playing in Rechitsa so that was my first 
gig with the band and it was also my first gig outside of Finland. Okay. So it was a huge deal at the time. So it must have felt great and uh, exciting. Yeah, yeah, it was crazy and the the culture difference between Finland and Belarus were so, you know, huge. I hadn't done that much traveling in my life. Okay. And, uh, so so when we got to we actually landed in Kiev in Ukraine and uh there were people, there were soldiers with machine guns in there. So I was like, what the hell is this yeah. place? This is so damn weird. And uh, we actually traveled with a, it was a minibus that we traveled to Belarus from Ukraine. And there was a whole hassle in the border there. So shall we say that the local militia gave us a pretty hard time, like, you know, okay. Why are you here? Yeah, long-haired guys, you yeah. know. Where are the drugs? Where are the drugs? Like, <laughs> oh no, please, there are no drugs. <laughs> Just came to play for a gig here. And I was, I was actually sitting on the, the door part, in the yeah. backside of the minivan. And I remember I was just sitting there, you know, shitting myself. Like, what the hell is going to happen? What the hell is going to happen? One of the militia opened the door like, slam! And looked at me, it's something Russian. He just yelled at me in Russian. I was like, what the hell is going on? So it was a good wake-up call. Yeah. And I think it's not the like easiest easiest uh, part of the world world to actually go and play the first gigs that abroad yeah, yeah. Or, or to actually travel that much I, I i haven't been there but i've heard stories and uh, seen travel shows enough to know the culture but um it's it's different I, yeah i mean the people were really friendly yeah the friendliest people i uh, i had ever seen like they were so hospitable and welcoming and I remember we went to get some beers from the local supermarket and the guards were so like they didn't speak English that well, but they tried and yeah. they were making cracking jokes and stuff like that. So uh, there, I imagine there must have been like cheap alcohol. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I remember Bobrov was the drink of choice. It was the cheapest beer money could buy. Okay. And uh, <laughs> I was the student at the time, so I was pretty yeah. broke. But, uh, yeah. So definitely worth it. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. How did the actual show go there? Well, uh, the sound on stage was pretty damn horrible. The actual monitors were so loud that I couldn't hear our drummer playing the snare. Okay. So it was really strange that I heard nothing of the drums. So I actually had to turn left to see where we were at in the song since everything was so loud. And yeah, that's really chaotic. unusual because people who actually have been on on a stage while someone is playing drums you can you can definitely hear them yeah absolutely yeah. but I mean, the, the stage was pretty big and uh, since we were the headlining band it was the last day of the festival we were the headliners i think the audio guy was like oh yeah let's go let's go big or go home let's make it loud and it was another good choice yeah <laughs> definitely on stage maybe maybe towards the audience yeah but you don't yeah. want to disturb the musicians too much with yeah, yeah yeah it was chaotic but it was fun i mean we went to have a good time and i mean the gig was okay yeah. it was okay we we managed well so what, we what year was this don't ask me these questions okay you don't <laughs> I can't, like I can't a, remember. approximately 10 years ago or <laughs> yeah something like that okay it was yeah uh have you been uh 
involved in the record making process after that as uh, or how has it been with katamenia in katamenia we actually one of the first things that we did in the band was that uh, we wanted to make a sort of compilation album of old songs uh, we called it rewritten chapters since uh, the sound had evolved so much and there were different players so we wanted to you know give the fans a bit of a taste of what's it gonna be like uh, I got pretty free hands yeah Rico had to make the keyboard arrangements so it was it was a cool process I mean unfortunately the timeline was so it was so tight and we had a really low budget for that so um, that it was so unfortunate that that, that happened but uh, I still yeah there are a few good songs there that I still listen to I can be I am proud of that record okay still. uh how about uh uh we're, we're coming uh towards uh today uh so how, how is the current current situation with the band the band we're actually uh, we're making new songs so i think now we have four totally new songs that we rehearsed and we uh so they'll be composed and they've been arranged we'll be playing those and we're waiting for new stuff riku is our composer and uh I mean, it's moving forward. It's moving forward, but pretty slowly. But we'll get there. We'll get there. So there's gonna be a new, new album in the future. In the future, yeah, definitely. Yeah, there will be one. Okay. The new material is is sounding so great, and it's it's like going back to the roots. Back Basically. to the roots. Yeah, back to the Sounds roots. Sounds good. Yeah. This is the end of part one with Jussi Saula from Verikalpa and Katamenia. To hear him talk about his other project, Verikalpa, go check out part two.